Hello there, welcome back. This is Dwayne McCurry, the team leader of the Adult Explore the Bible team for Lifeway. And today I'm being joined by David Briscoe. He's one of the content editors for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Dave, thank you for being here with us today as we look at session seven. I'm glad to be here. Uh, session seven, uh, we're looking at Numbers chapter 32. It, uh, what's just happened right before that is that Balak and the Midianites have been defeated and the Israelites, they're ready to go. Uh, but Reuben uh, and the Gadites, the Reubenites and Gadites, they have a little bit different idea about what's about to happen. Uh, and, and they want to settle on the east side of the Jordan River. And Moses responds to their request uh, in chapter 32, verses 20 through 32. He called on them to demonstrate faith in God by sending their fighting men with Israelites in battle. That call included both a blessing if they fulfilled their duties in battle and a curse if they failed to do so. In verses 25 through 27, we see the agreement that takes place. The Gadites and the Reubenites agreed to Moses' stipulations that they were going to leave their families and possessions behind and join the other Israelites in taking possession of the promised land. Uh, that, that really reminds us that Humble submission to others in authority will lead to God's blessing. In verses 28 through 32, you find Moses assembling the leaders of Israel to inform them of the commitment made by the Gadites and Reubenites. Uh, he pronounced the blessing that would come if they kept their commitment and the curse if they failed to do so. The Gadites and the Reubenites announced to the assembly their commitment to abide by Moses' stipulation, and that establishes accountability between the Gadites and the Reubenites and the rest of the Israelite tribes. And that really brings us to the main idea, is that God expects His people to keep their promises and commitments, and there's accountability involved in that. So David, let's, let's think through this, this passage with this situation to begin with. Uh, what was the big deal about these two tribes wanting to, to stay on the east side of the Jordan River? All right. Well, the, uh, this is a good place, uh, really, if, if you want to uh, have the map available to look at as well as you think through uh, this, uh, this area and uh, why they might have, uh, why the two and a half tribes might have wanted to stay on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Now, uh, you, the, by map, you mean the, there's the map that's in the, it's in the back of the personal study guide, it's in the back of the leader guide, it's in the back of the day discipleship guide. Uh, it's, it's in the pack as well if you want a big one uh, to show everyone. That's the map you're talking about, David? That, that is the map okay. I'm speaking of, exactly. Uh, Numbers 32.1 states that the Reuben tribe and the Gad tribe uh, had large herds of livestock. And so uh, if you look at that area of land on the map, uh, you can see indications of uh, some mountainous areas on the east side of the Jordan, but you see a lot of valleys too, and not only that, uh, you have three or four rivers that are feeding down from those mountaintops onto the, uh, into the Jordan River. And so it was a well-watered area. Uh, so naturally, you've got good grazing lands in, in the valleys and the area, low areas uh, that are east of the Jordan River. So, you know, on the one hand, you, it just it seems like, okay, this is good land for us. We've got a lot of livestock. Uh, we need pasture land, uh, so let's stay here. And so that, that's what then uh, drove them to come to Moses uh, and make this request. 
don't make us cross the Jordan. That's in Deuteronomy 30, uh, Numbers 32, 5. Uh, don't make us cross the Jordan. Now, they meant that one way. Moses heard that very differently. Uh, and, and it's understandable for Moses uh, because Moses remembered uh, that when, they, uh, when the people of Israel were at the edge of the promised land before uh, and uh, the uh, 10, 12 spies had gone into the land and, and they brought back the report and 10 of those 12 spies said, we, we just, we're not going to be able to defeat the people. They're fortified cities and all of that. And Moses had gone through all of that. And, and the 40 uh, years of wandering in the wilderness uh, was a, a consequence of their disobedience of going into the uh, promised land the first time. And so when Moses heard them say, don't make us cross the Jordan, uh, he heard, you know, don't make us go into the promised land. A flashback to the exactly. To that event. Now, uh, there are a couple of things that might have been going through Moses' mind. And, and on the one hand, uh, you know, he, he could have understood that to mean, okay, I'm about to lose one-fifth of my fighting army. Uh, if you look at the censuses, there are two of them in uh, the book of Numbers there, in Numbers 1 and Numbers 26. And each of the tribe's uh, fighting men are listed, numbered there. And so if you, if you add those up and uh, take them as what percentage they are of the total fighting population, uh, the, Moses would be losing a fifth of his, of his fighting 20% men. of his army was saying, I'm not going. Exactly. All right. And so, uh, and then an, another thought that might have run through Moses' mind was, now, wait a minute. All of the fighting men help you conquer this eastern side of the Jordan River. Everybody was involved in defeating uh, the kingdoms of Og and Bashan. And so... Uh, in order to possess this land, the work is already done. Those enemies are, of God are already defeated. And you're not going to go across the river and help the other uh, ten, nine and a half tribes to, uh, uh, to conquer the remaining part. Really, it is the main part of the promised land, which is west of the uh, Jordan River. And, and so Moses had this, this great concern that uh, not only would he lose part of his uh, fighting force, a, a good bit of his fighting force, but their refusal to go across, if this is what they, were, they meant, their refusal to go across and help fight and conquer the other part of the land could discourage all of the others that would have to go across. And uh, so uh, uh, Moses speaks pretty bluntly to them and, and says to them in, in verses 14 and 15 of chapter 32, And here you, a brood of sinners, stand in your father's place, adding even more to the Lord's uh, burning anger against Israel. If you turn back from following him, he will once again leave this people in the wilderness and you will destroy all of them. Now that's that's what Moses saw uh, when which, they, which does sound a lot like Kadesh Barnea it, all over it again. It absolutely does, and that's uh, 
And so Moses then uh, made certain that uh, they were not going to, uh, he, he does end up allowing them to settle on that part, but uh, with the commitment that their fighting men would cross the Jordan and help the other tribes uh, conquer the main part of the promised land uh, before they came back and settled. Moses had learned from the past at that point. He absolutely had. One of the things that's important for us to see in this passage is that Moses um, brokers the agreement, both sides come to an agreement, um, but yet he doesn't just leave that between him and uh, the people, uh, between the Gadites and the, and the Reubenites. Um, he instead assembles the whole group and they come together to create accountability. Now, David, one question that may come up, an issue that may surface, maybe just under the surface really, is why might we resist accountability today? Well, uh, just, just basically, just first, it's we're sinners. And as sinners, it's our nature to resist accountability. Just think back to the Garden of Eden where uh, Adam and Eve, after their sin, uh, they hid from God. They, when He came walking in the garden to fellowship with them, they didn't, they didn't want that accountability. They, they were guilty, and so they hid themselves. So uh, from the start, uh, sin has caused us to resist accountability. But uh, a second factor as well I think is important to note is that we often fail to consider the, the long-term benefits of being held accountable. Uh, we're, not, we're not thinking through that this really is a help to me. And uh, when I think about that idea, uh, I'm reminded of Hebrews 12, 9 through 17, where, where the writer there was talking about God's discipline. And he, he reminded believers that, well, we, we had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. And shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and live? Um, the, uh, the human fathers discipline us for a short time of our lives, but uh, you know the Lord's uh, discipline, and this is what the writer of Hebrews says, uh, while it, it may seem painful at the time, later on it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So... Uh, we, we resist accountability because we're sinners, because uh, we, we know that uh, we're not going to be perfect, uh, and yet we also fail to rec recognize that being held accountable by one another is really a benefit to us because it helps us uh, to stay on track in our spiritual lives. It's done by design, too. The, the key doctrine for this particular session uh, deals with the church. It's, the statement is the New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers. The focus, on this, the focus should be on this last section. They are associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel. Um, at the end of the comments on verses 31 and 32, we find this statement. Not only does God expect His people to keep their promises and commitments, the local church body is part of the process that ensures everyone finishes life's race well. That's a statement for us to, as teachers, point to, 
get response to, uh, and, and allow our group to just chew on for a minute. Uh, David, let, let's unpack that statement again. The local church body is part of the process that ensures everyone finishes life's race well. Well, it, it has to do with, with covenant, covenant commitment. Uh, the, uh, the, the church is the creation of the new covenant in Jesus Christ. And so we are a family. We're the family of God in the church. We're a community. We're the community of Christ in the church. So looking back then at this passage that we've been looking at where Moses urged these two tribes, Reuben and Gad, to be just as committed to the other tribes possessing their inheritance in the promised land uh, as the uh, tribes had been to those in, in conquering the lands that were east of the Jordan. So in making that application, think of, thinking about the church, uh, church members are to realize that they have a commitment uh, our commitment is to Christ, but in having a commitment to Christ, it is a commitment to all who belong to Christ. And so in a local church, that means that uh, all its members are my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I have a, uh, a privilege, yes, but also a duty, a responsibility uh, to think of the well-being of all of the uh, people of God, the, the community of Christ that I'm associated with in a church body. David, are there any other insights you would want to point out from this session, this study of Numbers 32, which really concludes our examination of the book of Numbers? Well, I would just say that, that uh, these studies have shown uh, the connection between the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, uh, between uh, the God who is leading the people of Israel into the promised land. Uh, that is the God who is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is leading believers, uh, those whom He has forgiven of their sins. He's leading all of them as a family, as a community, uh, into the promised land of eternal life, uh, ex experiencing it in the here and now uh, as we uh, are in church together as we have life together in the church, but also eternal life with Him uh, forever and ever uh, when He returns. We're reminded afresh and anew that God keeps His promises, period. And that includes the promise of the return of Christ and Christ building a place for us in eternity. Amen. Where we are with his, Him in His presence, uh, from the, the day we die or his return, whichever comes first, for eternity. Next week, we'll be beginning our examination of Deuteronomy. Look forward to seeing you and being with you during that time. <laughs>